I'm Dinah Pat, and you're listening to Brothers On Air. Welcome to the ninth episode of Brothers On Air, a podcast dedicated to bringing you classic radio shows as performed by the youth of the 21st century. This podcast is a project of CBHS Theatre, run by John Smiley. It stars our own Brothers On Stage talent and is directed, produced, and edited by students. All material is used for educational purposes and is not for profit. This week's show takes us back to 1940. Phil Tries to Collect a World Series Bet was released on October 13, 1940, as part of the Jack Benny program. The Jack Benny program began as a radio show and later developed into a television program and ran for over 30 years. It starred Jack Benny as himself and featured a cast of characters, including his own wife. This week's episode stars Michael Marking as Jack Benny, Lily Anderson as Mary, Walton Prest as Dawn, Blake Lira as Phil, Carter Strickland as Dennis, Jeb Bryan as Tommy, and Dinah Pat as the Telegram Man. Now, let's see what Jack Benny and friends are up to as they read reviews for last week's show and discuss the World Series. That was Ferryboat Serenade, played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you a man who returned to the air last Sunday, happy as a June bride, and is just as nervous as Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I appreciate the fact that you tried to start the program with a laugh and almost succeeded. But I wasn't the least bit nervous last Sunday. Not the slightest. But Jack, what are you talking about? You were shaking like a leaf. Now listen, Don. You should be the last one in the world to talk about me being shaky. Why, all through the program, your chins were doing the Lakanga. <laughs> and the one in the middle was out of step. <laughs> so there. Just the same. I wasn't as jittery as you were. Don, let me explain the difference between being jittery and high stung. For instance, you take a good bird song when he's all keyed up and ready to go. He's not nervous, but he stands there, his whole body quivering, ready to spring into action. And that's the way I was, Don, just like a bird dog. I see. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Rover. Take that quail out of your mouth. <laughs> Mary, I was only making a comparison, that's all. I was explaining to Don that I wasn't nervous last week. I was just high-strung like anybody who wants to give a good performance. He's right, Don. Did you ever see a football player before a big game? Or a fighter before he goes into the ring? Why, of course. Did you ever see Helen Hayes before she steps out on stage? Certainly. Did you ever see Jack in a bathing suit? What's that got to do with it? We were talking about nervousness and you bring in my bathing suit? Where's the connection? It needs a new belt. All right, so it needs a new belt. Now, Mary, if you could quit punching them out for a minute, let me, uh, let's be thankful that the first show went over so well. You know, Don, I read some swell reviews on the fantasy I wrote. You know, where the Blue Fairy woke us all up? Ed Sullivan raved about us. He did? Yes, and that's a critic's opinion. He said that, um, well, I got the review right with me. Would you like to hear it? Yes, stop drooling. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Now listen to this. The Jell-O program opened its, um, uh, 
Wilson, uh, Harris, uh, Livingston, uh, well, Jack Benny, well, Jack Benny. The Waukegan Weasel. The Waukegan Weasel, Mary. While Jack Benny not only appeared in the show, but wrote and produced The Fantasy of the Blue Fairy, which, in the opinion of this reviewer, was unquestionably puerile and banal. It was what? Puerile and banal. I'm not making it up, Don. It's right here in black and white. But, Jack, puerile means childish, infantile. Well, of course. I wrote it for the kitties. And banal means what's happened to the kitties shouldn't happen to a dog. Oh, no, it doesn't. Yes, Jack. Banal means hackneyed or trite. You know, old-fashioned stuff. Ah, gee, I can't understand it. Those words were so good. Oh, well, our listeners liked it. That's all I care about. They certainly did, Jack. In fact, I brought a clipping along I thought you might not have seen. It's very complimentary. It is? I'll read it to you later. Read it now when I need it. Go ahead. Okay, here it is. Our Sunday evenings at home will be much more pleasant now that Jack Benny is back on the air. Well, what paper is that in, Don? The Alcatraz Herald. Don, that seems to be the consensus of opinion. Mary, did you see any reviews on our first broadcast? No, but I went to Fifi's beauty parlor yesterday, and the girls there just raved about it. At Fifi's, huh? They thought everything I said was so cute. Well, sure. You're a good customer at that beauty parlor. Did they talk about anything? Uh, anyone else on the program? Just Phil. He goes there, too. I know. What burns me up? He goes around telling everybody that his hair is naturally curly. It really is straight as a string. I've seen him in the morning, you know. Oh, here he is now. Hello, handsome. Well, here I am, folks. Lay down them cards and turn up the dial. Boy, what a Smithfield. Phil? What makes you think that this program never gets started until you come on? We've been doing all right. Yeah, but you guys don't get the belly laughs, the socceroos, the bopalas. Oh, you and your bopalas. By the way, Phil, did you heard anything about our first broadcast? Well, at Fifi's, they said I was... We've heard about that. Did you see any reviews in the paper? Yeah, I saw one right up in the Butcher's Gazette. The Butcher's Gazette, eh? Did they like the show? Yeah, they said it was very cleaver. <laughs> How's that, folks? Here it clicks again. I'm rolling now. Phil, what was that supposed to be? A bopala or a socceroo? Well, wait till they stop laughing. I can't tell yet. Oh, that's right. Now, Phil, you might have a few more Butcher Gazette gags up your sleeve, but I think it's about time for a number. How about playing something? Okay, Jackson. Say, Jack, what about that idea of yours? What idea? Oh, yes. Ah, Phil, I got a great suggestion for something new this season. What is it? Well, in as much as we try to inject something different into our show, I thought it would be a novelty if I played violin with your band once in a while. What do you say? Over my beautiful dead body! Now, wait a minute. This program needs true talent, and I can take the place of one of your violinists. That little guy there on the end. But Jackson, I get the perfect arrangement on this next number. One bad note is liable to spoil the whole thing. Phil, a bad note in one of your arrangements is like throwing a rose into a barrel of Roquefort. So make your way in that fiddle section. I'm going to town. Oh, Jack, why don't you let well enough alone? I know what I'm doing, Mary. Come on, Shorty. Let me have your violin. Yes, sir.
Thanks. It goes under your chin? I know where it goes. Don't worry. Wait till I tune up, Phil. That cat ain't dead yet. Phil, stop with that stuff, will ya? No kidding. I wish you wouldn't be so puerile and banal. Pearl and banal? What's that? A dance team. Pearl and banal, the aristocrats of rhythm. They're a sensation. Well, send them out to the bowl and give them a job. Oh, fine. What a mentality. Phil, you know you ought to take up uh, pressing flowers so you'd buy a dictionary. Look who's talking. You didn't know what puerile and banal meant yourself. I knew they were words. I didn't think they were people. All right, Phil, I'm ready. Let's go. Well, I guess you gotta do it, boys. You know how scarce jobs are. Darn it, I broke a string. Alright, so we'll wait. Uh, who needs it? Let's go. Thank you. Well, that was Get the Moon Out of Your Eyes, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra with Violin Hotlicks, Sizzle String Benny. I guess that was bad, huh? I'd like to guess like that at Santa Anita. Mary, you take my word for it. It was very good. Say, Phil, I think I'll come out to the Wilshire Bowl and play with your orchestra tonight. You do, and I'll slap that cover charge on you. I'll pick up more than that in quarters. Hey, speaking of though, Jackson, that reminds me. What about that $10 you owe me on the World Series? Oh, oh, that's right. I had Detroit. Yes, sir. I forgot all about it. Well, Benny's a good loser. $10, eh, Phil? Yep. Ten bucks. Okay. I'll go out in the hall and get it for you. Nobody will look. You can roll your sock down right here. Don't get smart. I don't carry money in my sock anymore. Oh, that's right. Not since that day at the circus. You're darn right. What happened, Mary? A midget picked his ankle. Yes, and if I ever catch that little runt, I'll beat the daylights out of him. Why didn't you, Butch? I chased him clear across the lot, but he ran down a gopher hole. Shrimp. <laughs> Boy, that's rich. Imagine grabbing dough out of a guy's sock. How much did he get, Jack? About $80,000. It was not. It was nowhere near that. Anyway, Phil, I'll go out in the hall and... Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. I got the ten bucks right here. We end it over. I'll hand it over. Don't rush me. Okay. You want it fair and square, and I'm going to give it to you. Yes, sir. What are you waiting for? Television? No. Here you are, Phil. Thanks. Now don't squander it. Oh, while we're on the subject, Jack, you and I might as well settle up, too. Here's the $5 I lost to you. Later, Don. What $5? Never mind. Hey, what's going on here, Jackson? Did you bet on Detroit and Cincinnati both? Well, a guy can get mixed up, can he? 
Well, that beats everything. Now, wait a minute, Mary. I bet $10 on Detroit and I lost to Phil. And then I accidentally bet $5 on Cincinnati and one from Don. So, I'm still out 5 bucks. What do I care? Ladies and gentlemen, you may not care whether Jack is out 5 bucks or not, but you will care about these six delicious flavors of America's favorite gelatin dessert. Oh, fine. And whether you've been on Cincinnati, Detroit, you will find that you cannot go wrong with beating Jello. That's Detroit, the whole Detroit, and nothing but Detroit. Isn't that awful? Don? Don, I smell a rat. Did Phil Harris give you that idea? Oh, so you recognize my stuff now, eh? Recognized it? I'll say I did. I didn't. The wind was blowing the other way. Well, you were very lucky, Mary. You know there are days, Phil. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Am I on time for my song? Yes, but it wouldn't hurt to get here earlier. What for? I just stand around like a totem pole. What are you complaining about? You sing a song every week, don't you? Kenny Baker gets dialogue. Never mind about Kenny Baker. How'd you like to be in his shoes and work for a guy like Fred Allen? I think Fred Allen is wonderful. Why, you little fifth columnist? Wait till I get you outside. Run down a gopher hole, Dennis. Oh, that midget again. <laughs> hey, kid, you hear about Jackson losing his door at the circus? No. What happened? <laughs> he got rolled by Lillian Pushin. Lillian Pushin? Phil, that's a Lilliputian. Look, Phil, whether there uh, look, Phil, whenever there are two words meaning the same thing, please use the short one. Anyway, it was my money, so forget about it. Oh, say, Mr. Benny, that reminds me, here's the two and a half dollars I owe you on the World Series. Later, Dennis. Oh, so you bet the same amount on both teams, eh, Sporty? What do you mean the same amount? Look, Mary, I lost ten dollars to Phil. I got five back from Don and two fifty from Dennis. So I'm still out two fifty. Now, Dennis, let's have your song so that everybody can stop worrying about my financial affairs. Okay. Wait a minute. Come in. Special delivery for Mary Livingston. Here she is. A letter for you, Mary. Thanks. Hey, you're a little old for a messenger boy, aren't you? Well, you twitch on rainy days yourself, Bob. I'd like to push him down a gopher hole, too. Who's, uh, who's the letter from, Mary? It's a note from Mama. Oh, your mother, eh? What's the Oscar Levon of New Jersey got to say? Nothing. She just sent a clipping from the Plainfield paper about our first broadcast. Oh. Here's the headline. Livingston program returns to the air. That's from Plainfield, all right. And Miss Mary Livingston, daughter of that prominent society leader, Miss Scarlett Livingston. Scarlett? Yes, she changes her name with every picture. She ought to change it to the Grapes of Wrath. That really fits. Oh, Jack, just because Mama hates you, you don't have to be mean about it. Okay, get back to the review of our show. What does it say? <clears throat> Mary Livingston was her usual self, charming, witty, and fascinating. Well. But the blue fairy fantasy written by Jack Benny was nothing short of puerile and banal. Let me see that. Well, I'll be darned. There it is. Go ahead. Miss Livingston's father, Mr. Ray Livingston... Holy smoke. Mr. Livingston had an unfortunate accident while listening to the broadcast. 
He was sitting in the car with the radio tuned on when the owner came along and punched him in the nose. Serves him right. When interviewed, Mr. Livingston said, Hick? Ah, drunk too. Is that all? Yes. I'm going to paste it in my scrapbook. We'll tape the page down so nobody will read it. Are you ready for your song now, Dennis? Yes, sir. Well, open your mouth and let it go. Say, Mary, when you answer Scarlet, tell her General Sherman sends love, will ya? That was The Nearness of You, sung by Dennis Day. That was very good, Dennis. I really think you've improved a lot this year. Thank you. And say, Mr. Benny, before I forget it, can I mow your lawn Thursday instead of Wednesday this week? Why? What's the matter with Wednesday? That's your regular day. Well, Wednesday I have to go down and register for the draft. You know, it's conscription day. Ah, that's right. I'll tell you what, Dennis. I'll pick you up at 3 o'clock, and we'll go down there together. Why you don't have to go, Jack? Only men up, up to the age of 36 have to register. Ah, 36, huh? I guess that lets me out. Yep. You barely made the last war. Yes, and a civil and revolutionary. Are you happy? Uh, hey, Jackson, do I have to get it on this, um, on that, uh, uh... Registration? Why, certainly, Phil. Every young American has to register. What's it for? My goodness, Phil. Everybody who registers gets a number, and they send them all to Washington, put them in a big drum, and the lucky winners get a free vacation for one year at the expense of the government. See, that ain't bad, huh? No. And you can take off those patent leather boots. They're no good for marching. Anyway, Phil, you just be there Wednesday. What about Rochester? He'll have to sign up, too, won't he? Yeah, I suppose I'll have to cook dinner myself Wednesday night. And, incidentally, fellas, I have been having a little trouble with Rochester lately. What's wrong? Well, they gave him a big celebration the other night and elected him mayor of Central Avenue. When I got home yesterday, I found a sign on my house that said City Hall. I took that down in a hurry. Mary, get Rochester on the phone. I wanted to pick me up at uh, the El Capitan Theater tonight. Okay. Hope it's not too much trouble for him. Hey, Jackson. What are you doing at the El Capitan Theater? Mary and I have been playing there in a show all week to benefit for the British Red Cross. I didn't know anything about it. Well, that's my fault, Phil. I should have taken out an ad in the racing forum. You haven't read a paper? Your number's ringing, Jack. Thanks. Give me the phone. Hello? Hello? Mr. Benny's residence. This is your honor, the mayor speaking. Rochester. Oh, is that you, Mr. Benny? Now listen, your honor. I wonder if it could trouble you to be the car down to the El Capitan Theater and pick me up at about 11.30 tonight. Okay. Could I put the top up? Rochester, in this nice autumn weather, it's much better riding with the top down. Yeah, but my silk hat keeps blowing off. 
You don't have to wear a silk topper. Your chauffeur's caps look your chauffeur's cap looks pretty good on you. With a cutaway coat. Oh boss. Oh Rochester, stop being so fancy. Anyhow, what's the good of being mayor of Central Avenue? I get a discount on ribs. Alright, now Rochester, the purpose of this call was to have you pick me up in the Maxwell. Now you be down there by eleven thirty. Okay. So long. So long. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, are you aware of the fact the automobile show is in town? Yes, I'm aware. What about it? Well, I was thinking you might want to trade the Maxwell for something less puerile and banal. There's nothing wrong with a Maxwell. It's in perfect mechanical condition. Boss, have you ever lifted up that hood when the motor's running? No. Well, don't do it. The fan belt will slap you right in the face. A fan belt can be fixed. You gotta catch it first. That's just silly. And oil flies out like Boomtown. Now, Rochester, I don't want to hear any more about the car. You just you just be at the El Capitan Theater at 11.30. It's up here. I better leave now. Leave when you want to. Goodbye. So long. Oh, say boss. Now what? About that little bet we made. Did I have Detroit or Cincinnati? You had Detroit, and you owe me two dollars. I thought so. Never mind. I'll pay you tonight, boss. Okay, goodbye. Always wants to trade in the car. Why, Jack, you mean to say you even won two dollars from Rochester? Listen, Mary, I'm still a loser. I paid $10 to Phil, I got 5 from Don, 2.5 from Dennis, and 2 from Rochester. That's nine I'm still out half a buck. Now come on, we gotta get over to the theater to do that benefit. Okay. So long, fellas. Hey, you can wind up the show yourselves. Sure. Yeah! Well, go on, Yeah, Jack. go on! Goodbye. Goodbye, Mary. Say, Mary, when we do the benefit tonight, I want you to give a good show because it's our last performance. I will. Don't worry. Now wait a minute. Here's the check room. I want to get my hat. Hello, Tommy. Hello, Mr. Benny. How the program go tonight? Ah, oh, pretty good. Can I have my hat? Oh, yes, sir. There you are. Thanks. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, here's that 50 cents I owe you. Ah, oh, that's right. You did bet on Detroit. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Hey, Jack. What? You can close the books now. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Thank you for listening to the ninth installment of Brothers On Air. Phil tries to collect a World Series bet. It was directed by Peter Bowen, edited by Dinah Pat, and starred Michael Marking, Lily Anderson, Walton Prest, Blake Lira, Carter Strickland, Jeb Bryan, and Dinah Pat. Music was courtesy of Frank Sinatra, the Andrews Sisters, and the Free Music Library. This has been a CBHS Theatre production.